Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Yosemite National Park is closed indefinitely because of the severe weather this week in California. In a statement, park officials say Yosemite has received significant amounts of snow, 15 feet deep in some areas. While crews are working to restore critical services, there's no estimate on when the park might reopen. Meanwhile, in the Sierra Nevada, blizzard-like conditions force ski resorts to close in the Tahoe area. Very cold air along with all the moisture, which means high snow ratios. The snow is much more powdery than normal, which does two things. One, makes it pile up faster with the same amount of moisture. And two, it blows around really easily with the strong winds they get with storms here in California. That's Brian Allegretto, a forecaster for open snow, which tracks weather trends in the Sierra Nevada. Allegretto says while today might provide a bit of a respite, stormy weather could continue for the next few weeks. The federal government says people living in California counties hit hard by severe weather now have an extra six months to file their federal taxes. But a new deadline creates challenges for state budget writers. Here's KQED politics editor Scott Schaefer. The filing deadline is being pushed back from mid-April to mid-October, and that means both federal and state returns will come in later. California usually updates its budget forecast in May after April tax payments come in. H.D. Palmer with the California Department of Finance says the new deadline makes budget forecasting harder. It adds another level of uh, challenge to what we do. That doesn't mean that we're not going to receive revenue That doesn't mean we're not going to do a budget. That doesn't mean we're not going to do a forecast. We're going to do all of those. Palmer says the state will use data from the overall economy and the stock market to estimate how much money it'll have to spend in the coming fiscal year. It's not an insurmountable problem. It's just an additional challenge. Palmer says the state can juggle funds from internal sources to maintain critical government operations. There's always going to be sufficient cash resources on hand to make sure that firefighters go on the front lines and and the tankers will fly and and the bulldozers will go, for example. That's never going to be an issue. So it's just the day-to-day management of the state's cash resources. More than 40 counties hit by severe rain, flooding, and mudslides have been declared federal disaster areas. Check the IRS website to confirm your eligibility. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer. 
Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Yesterday, President Joe Biden nominated California's former labor secretary to head the U.S. Department of Labor. The White House lauded her as a champion for workers, as KQED's Farida Javala Romero reports. Attorney Julie Su has been second in command at the Labor Department since 2021. She's the daughter of Chinese immigrants who spent years representing low-wage workers, including victims of trafficking. This is uh, very good news for the workers of America. Stanford law professor Bill Gould is a former chair of the National Labor Relations Board. Here in California has made a name for herself as someone who uh, protects the vulnerable. Gould expects Republicans to grill Sue during confirmation hearings on her handling of billions of dollars in fraudulent claims that were paid by the California Employment Development Department on her watch at the height of the pandemic. Still, Sue's confirmation to cabinet secretary, if it happens, would help bring federal dollars to fund good jobs in California, according to State Senator Dave Cortesi, who chairs the Senate's Labor Committee. You know, it gives us access at the highest levels uh, of the White House in, in a very, at a very important time. Some industry groups criticized Sue's nomination. Others, like the California Chamber of Commerce, told KQED they're looking forward to continue working with her. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero. A year after Russia invaded Ukraine, we're checking back in with Silicon Valley people and companies affected by the war. KQED's Rachel Myro has the story. A year ago, 80% of the Ukrainian workforce for outsourcing company JetBridge fled the country. Now they're all back in. Well, western Ukraine, which is relatively safer. But that's not to say everything's normal outside of work. Everyone is physically okay, but lack of electricity is a huge problem now. Bay Area-based CEO John Sung Kim is married to a Ukrainian, and his in-laws live in recently liberated Mykolaiv. He worries the city might be shelled again, or his family could be drafted, or both. He worries that might happen to his employees. They worry, too. I can see on Zoom that they're starting to get the 10,000-yard stare from trauma. The company's Belarus-based workforce is now in Poland. For years, Ukraine has been one of Silicon Valley's favorite offshore outposts for educated, relatively cheap IT labor. Google, Grammarly, Ring, and many other companies employ workers in Ukraine. And while many Ukrainians have fled to safer places like the U.S., 
Others have stayed or returned out of patriotism or because they don't want to leave family behind. Andy Kurtzig, CEO of the online expert platform Just Answer, has about 315 employees based in Ukraine, up 65 people from last year. We were fairly well prepared. We do have generators at our offices. We do have Starlinks uh, you know, for internet in our offices. And so it's interesting. A lot of our employees and their families even come to our office when the power goes out because they can take a hot shower and they can you know, charge their devices and be warm. Since the war has started, Kurtzik says he's been to Ukraine twice and he's going again next week. You know, these are good, kind, smart, talented, hardworking, funny, interesting people that don't deserve this. I feel like we've been in a position to be able to be helpful because of all of our connections there. He set up a nonprofit that's raised more than $3 million, built a mental health center, and directed his employees to update and upgrade military equipment. Both Kim and Kurtzig insist Ukraine will win eventually. It's just a matter, they say, of how many people will die between now and then. For the California Report, I'm Rachel Myro. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Hint, fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better, on the web at schmidtfutures.com. And that's this edition of the California Report for Wednesday, March 1st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great morning. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.